Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. When parents do talk to their kids about sex, about intimacy, they mainly focus on the act itself. And now here's the stars of our show... My mum and dad. Hello, we are Justin and Kylie Coulson, a husband and wife podcast pair and uh, parents of six children. I've written six books about raising happy families. Over the past few weeks, there's been some really startling and frankly horrifying stories in the major news outlets about teenagers, primarily at Sydney's well-heeled private schools. Yeah, before you go on, just a quick warning and acknowledgement. This is not a podcast for kids or for those with sensitivities around sexual assault. We're going to give you a quick second to press pause and come back to this one later if you have your kids with you or if this is one of those topics that does not bode well for you. We're going to be talking about some pretty heavy stuff in uh, in this podcast. You know, conversations around enhanced sex education at schools and about assault and consent have been popping up everywhere. And it's a really important conversation to have. Yeah, I brought it up on Facebook last week, did a couple of Facebook lives about it, went very big, very fast. School principals and student leaders have been really vocal and there's been some great stuff coming out about it and shared online. Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy. It's it's just, it's devastating to think that in 2021, we're still teaching people that women are humans who have feelings and shouldn't be harmed. So in this podcast episode, we're going to do something different. First off, Mamma Mia podcaster and author Rebecca Sparrow is going to chat with us about her impressions on all of this. And the reason for that is Beck spends her days, literally all day, every day, thinking about teenagers, communicating with teenagers, writing books and articles for teenagers, talking to teenagers. She is smart when it comes to this stuff. And then in the second half of the podcast, I'm going to read my thoughts to you. It's something that I wrote in my book, Miss Connection, and I think it's going to add to the conversation. Beck, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. In the news, one of the central conversations and the push is the petition for better sex education in schools. Is this what we need? Look, I think it's part of the answer. I don't, I don't think I don't think the responsibility for this lies in any one person's lap. So I think that do schools need to step up what they're doing? And I think some schools are probably better handling this better than others and handling this topic and looking at the culture of their school, absolutely. But my personal opinion is that this is a this has really got to be handballed over to parents as well. Like this, this is a family conversation and a tone that is set in the home. So I think yes, absolutely. Whenever schools can work boundaries and consent into into different topics, but also at home, I think I think a lot of parent parents are scared to address it. But I think parents need to step up. Becky, you talk to a lot of students, boys and girls. What do you put this toxic sexual culture down to? Well, obviously, I mean, I think porn is the main culprit here, definitely. I think that that is warping the view of what sexual encounters should look like. If some of these kids are accessing a lot of porn, then they have no reason to think that sex looks like anything other than that. And so, and there's a real lack of consent in the porn industry or in in how it's filmed, I guess. So, of course, in some ways, of course, like it's a no-brainer in some ways that we're having this issue because the sex ed teacher that a lot of kids are getting, which is the porn industry, 
is teaching the opposite of what we actually want them to know. So I do think it's more widespread. Like there's really, when we look back, if I, I can't watch certain movies that I grew up with with my kids because there's problematic elements to them where you think, oh, that's not okay. That that joke or that conversation, that's not how it should be. So I think part of the issue is that parents are on this learning curve and the kids are on this learning curve. So I think that's, and, and that's why maybe also some parents don't have the tools to talk about consent because they also don't realise the nuances of what consent actually means. Something that I've discovered as well, Beck, when I talk to parents is that they're already a little bit funny about a lot of parents just don't want to have conversations about intimacy and sexual engagement. They definitely don't want to talk about pornography. I mean, I've written about 20 articles for the federal government's e-safety commissioner. They're all online. They're all available for people so that you can learn how to have these conversations with your kids. We'll link to them in the show notes. But something that's really interesting to me is that when parents do talk to their kids about sex, about intimacy, they mainly focus on the act itself. And what I've found is that parents tend to divorce emotional intimacy from physical intimacy. We have a conversation about what sex is and how it works, but we don't actually talk about what it is to be involved in an emotionally intimate relationship, a relationship of trust, a relationship where that desire builds over time. And and I think that you're right, that pornographic, uh, you meet somebody on the street and two minutes later you're in their apartment having some kind of uh, I was going to say intimate encounter, but it's not. It's just a sexual encounter because mm. pornography and society seem to have divorced these two things. Absolutely. And I, I would even say the moment you say to parents, I've seen it online in the comments over the last few days of my child's only X age. I, I can't have this conversation yet. Mm. So let's just also say consent doesn't have to be about sex. Consent is can I have permission, like from one sibling to another, can I have permission to go into your room? Can I have permission to look through your bag? Is it okay if I take that chip off your plate? That is where you start the conversations with consent. You know, can I give you a hug? When we start the com, it doesn't have to be, right, we're talking about consent and, and sex and we don't have to start it there. We can start it right back in how your family dynamic operates with personal boundaries. And if we start it younger, start it when our kids are whatever, in kindy or whatever, it makes it an, a normal progression to then talking about boundaries and what you're okay with. So I would certainly say that. And I completely agree with you. I think so often in the past, sex education has actually been all about, you know, don't get somebody pregnant and don't get AIDS. That That's what it was for a long time for our generation. And I think now we're talking about the communication around that intimacy of somebody or, or that encounter. We're talking about everything leading up to that and the communication signals and and body language and reading all of the things somebody's communicating to you without necessarily saying any words. So permission and respect, that's the message around consent. Definitely, definitely. Last question for you, Beck. Kids love your talks. I want to know what really hits home for kids when you talk about this topic with them. I think the thing that I have noticed in certainly in the last 12 months that has had the biggest impact is not when I talk about consent, it's when I talk about personal boundaries. And when I talk about how important it is for each of us to work out what our personal boundaries are 
and how to communicate those boundaries. And personal boundaries is, is really just a fancy way of saying what you're okay with and that you are allowed to say, actually, I don't do scary movies or I don't do sleepovers or I'm not okay with that. And so often we, we expect, we sort of say to our kids, just say no or don't go there, but we don't give them the words or the language of how to communicate things. And I think that when I've had these conversations with kids, having them think about their own personal boundaries, that's a big part of the conversation. Is it, Personal boundaries is all about you're in the driver's seat and, and what are you okay with? And, and that then gives you more agency in your life of like, what are you okay with in this encounter? Whether it's with kids at school, whether it's with your grandma wanting to give you a hug, whether it's on a first date. So if we can, the more empowered we can be with understanding personal boundaries and owning our boundaries and being able to communicate them, we're going to be in a better place. So much wisdom. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. In just a sec, I'm going to read from Miss Connection, why your teenage daughter hates you, expects the world and needs to talk and share my ideas around how we can get this consent message through to our kids, both boys and girls, including a script that mums and dads can rely on to get the message across and whether consent is even enough. It's the Happy Families Podcast. Are screens creating tension at home? Tweens, Teens and Screens is a webinar to guide families to healthy, safe, super screen solutions. Buy today at happyfamilies.com.au slash shop. It's the Happy Families Podcast, the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. And we're having a pretty tough conversation today around consent, personal boundaries, respect, respect for relationships, uh, assault, and all of those things that you've heard us talking with Rebecca Sparrow about. And what we're going to do now is I'm going to dive into my book, Misconnection, because I've written about two and a half pages on this topic that I think are really important for every parent. And I'm going to read that to you uh, just because I think it'll help. And I hope that you get lots out of it. Here we go. This is from page 204, 205 and 206 of Misconnection, Why Your Teenage Daughter Hates You, Expects the World and Needs to Talk. Positive conversations about sexuality should start young. Talk to young children using proper names for body parts. As they become older, talk to them about sex and intimacy, frankly, openly and honestly. Once they develop an interest in a boyfriend-girlfriend, talk to them about negotiating boundaries clearly. The one thing we do not teach is that our daughters are responsible for the actions of another person. I'm going to say that again. One thing we do not teach is that our daughters are responsible for the actions of another person. Our goal is to raise forthright, confident young women who are comfortable talking about their bodies, what turns them on, and how they feel about what their partner wants from them. For now, though, here are two crucial conversation points about sex. First, when we teach our daughters about sexual matters, we must teach them about consent and courage. We might say... Consent means that when it comes to holding hands, touching, kissing, or any interactions with any of your sexual organs, and when it comes to the act of sex itself, you absolutely want to do what the other person wants you to do, and you are enthusiastically saying yes. If you aren't sure, and they're trying to pressure you, they do not have consent. And the same goes if you want something that they don't. Consent is safe. Consent is healthy. Consent is the law. If the person you're with wants to do something you don't like, or if you're feeling pressured or coerced, this is where we move from consent to courage. You need to have the courage to say no. 
When you say no, you need to do it clearly and forcefully. The other person needs to know without question that you are saying no. It can't be a maybe. It can't be that you just ignore it and let things keep getting more and more intimate. You need to say no and communicate it clearly. You might say, I'm really happy to kiss, but I don't want you groping me. Alternatives could include, I'm fine with us touching each other, but I will not have sex with you. Or, I'm fine with us exploring our bodies a bit, but I will not have intercourse with you. Let me pause for just a moment and highlight some important issues related to what I've just advised. First, the freeze response is common in instances of boundary crossing and sexual assault. I'm not implying that a girl who cannot overcome her fear in this instance lacks courage, nor is she responsible for her partner failing to elicit enthusiastic consent from her. It is sometimes impossible to be clear and forceful in a deteriorating sexual encounter. This again is why we pre-arm our daughters. We speak to them and our sons clearly about what is and what is not okay in a sexual encounter. We explain consent emphatically. And if our daughter is harmed, abused or assaulted, we do not blame her for the actions of the person who has hurt her. We help her to know that a person who goes beyond consent is not passionate or in love. Instead, they are selfish and entitled at best. At worst, they are a criminal or a rapist. For parents of boys, teach your son that if he has not received an enthusiastic yes, he needs to get the hell off her. And it can't just be one yes. For instance, she might agree enthusiastically to fingers, but not fully the course. Ongoing enthusiastic consent has to be confirmed again and again. He also has to be aware of signs that might indicate his partner is not into what they're doing, even if she's already said yes, or if she hasn't said no. Silence is not consent. Saying yes once is not ongoing consent. Saying yes in a squeaky, scared voice doesn't mean she's enthusiastic about it either. As laws continue to change in relation to consent, this conversation will protect our sons. But again, at a deeper level, boys need to stop relying on girls to be the gatekeepers of sexual behavior. They can and they need to step up and do the right thing in these situations because it's the right thing to do. Another important point on consent Requiring consent actually sets the bar breathtakingly low. While it's true that if our daughters are going to be intimate, then it must be consensual, we will still see girls being pestered until they say, okay, fine. This is so wrong. A girl should not be hassled into intimacy that she doesn't want. It leaves her feeling used, and to use an old-fashioned word that may not be popular but seems strangely accurate, unworthy. She feels like she is literally worth less because she has been treated by her romantic partner precisely that way. The conversation should not be about consent. Okay, fine, doesn't cut it. I consent to giving my kids $50 to go out for dinner with friends, but it doesn't mean I'm happy about it. I believe we need to move well beyond consent. Instead, the conversation should be about honoured desire. I don't think that's going to catch on like consent has but honoured desire should be the benchmark. Unless both people in that intimate encounter are positively saying, I want to do this, then both need to be patient and gentle and demonstrate that their partner's desire is worth respecting. That is what the consent conversation should really be about. Anything less is selling our children's sexual experience and worth short. Consent and courage are crucial for clarity and communication and for our children's well-being. And these conversations start at the beginning. There's a whole lot more in Misconnection, 
that I could read to you and emphasize about this conversation. But that's it for today. We really hope that you've enjoyed the Happy Families podcast, even if it hasn't been about the happiest of topics. If you did get something out of it, if you find it useful and worthwhile, please share it with a friend. Please jump onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave a rating and review. It's those reviews that help other people to find out about the podcast and eventually somehow make their families happier. As always, we really appreciate the work of Craig Bruce, uh, our executive producer, and Justin Rulon from Bridge Media for producing the podcast. And if you'd like to get more information about making your family happier, you can pick up that book, Miss Connection, from anywhere books are sold, including our website, happyfamilies.com.au, or you can log on to happyfamilies.com.au. That's where you get all the info about our monthly membership and all of the great ways that you can make your family happier. Go to happyfamilies.com.au. Listener.